Good morning, and peace be with you. I'd like to direct your attention to the bulletin insert, and I have some additional things to mention to you this morning. Uh, Karen Merkel, a wonderful saint who's gone home to be with the Lord. She, uh, there will be a memorial for her that was postponed because of all things pandemic. And so this memorial would be over at Grace Lutheran on Saturday, April 9th, and it is at 11 a.m. So you are invited to go over and uh, honor the memory and the life and the joy and the love that Karen Merkel gave so freely to all who came across her uh, on this crowded path we walk. She was a very special lady um, and very, very kind to me. Also, um, we had a new greeter this morning. Did anyone notice that? Where is she? There she is. So smiley. And so I'm just so grateful for the volunteers that uh, come. And, and, and oftentimes, this is beyond um, comfort levels, right? Um, we, uh, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it because it's the second time she's done it. But prayers. Has anyone um, think maybe that they would be a little nervous coming up and doing the prayer of God's people? Well, you know, our Ashley is going to do it this morning. I hope I didn't kibosh you there, but she did such a wonderful job the last time, and it's from her heart. And let me just tell you, this is beyond her comfort level, but once she gets up there, uh, as it is real common, things start to flow. And so um, I'd like to just for all the volunteers, all the people that came out and did the work day, I mean, they worked their tails off and pastors split and didn't lift a finger uh, to help. And, um, but y'all just busted. So, you know, thank you, uh, everybody. Um, for this. And, and all the times in between, uh, the people that are volunteering for uh, the wonderful goodies that we have get here at least an hour early. Pastor was late today. And, um, you know, I just thank you because it does take many hands to pull this off. And if it's on your heart, I believe that prayer is one of the most wonderful obligations that we have been given. But it's a gift. It's a gift to us. It's a gift to the Father. And it's a gift to those who hear as well. And if you'd like to try at some point in time, maybe get encouraged to try to do the prayer of God's people, we would certainly love your help. And if you wanted to do a crash course, uh, I could do something during the week with you. We could title it, How to Pull It Off, The Prayer of God's People in five minutes or less, all right? So, um, but let's, let's uh, just please, can, please prayerfully consider that. I think we have, oh, well, okay, in, in light of the volunteering and everything, we have Holy Week coming up, and we have some needs for some help um, on Monday, Thursday, um, but through Good Friday, um, we have lots of opportunities, and, and if you have um, the heart to, to do that, those little itty-bitty things, um, please call Ashley and let her know. Um, that you are uh, wanting to help in, in a way that is... Um, anyway, how about that? Did I cover everything, Ashley? Susan? 
You don't know. <laughs> not going to take responsibility for that. Okay, well, that's it then. Um, Tim, get us started. Let's go. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter. My all in all, here in the love of Christ, I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless this gift of Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Death of Christ, I live. There in the ground, his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day. Can have 
stand. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. And for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, And for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, 
for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you who take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning. And though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all of your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives... Excuse me who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, verses 1 through 6, and can be found on page... Uh, 1078 in the Pew Bible. Uh, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah prophesied about 700 years before Jesus was born. He had an active ministry for about 60 years. This reading is a hymn of praise for what Jesus will do and our thanks to God for his reign over the earth. Isaiah 12, 1 through 6. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord, Although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust not 
I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. We'll read Psalm 32 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. This Psalm of David tells us that only when we ask God to forgive our sins will he give us real happiness and relief from our guilt. Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the ones who trust in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you have or upright in heart. The next reading is taken from the second book of Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, and can be found on page 1799 in the Pew Bible. Paul's letter to the church in Corinth defends Christians' views that our belief makes us a brand new people in the inside. We are recreated by living in union with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He was committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteous of God. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Luke from the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. Our gospel this morning is from St. Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32, and can be found starting on page 1623 in your pew Bible. Luke records, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons, The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything... There was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And so he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, and he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven And against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, 
bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants, and he asked him what was going on. Well, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry, and he refused to go in. So his father, he went out, and he pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all of these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property on prostitutes, when he comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother's, brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Prodigal. Had to look it up just to make sure I was right, but I've always thought and said that this is a word that means rashly or wastefully extravagant. And also the second line of uh, definition from the American Heritage Dictionary of English Language, 5th edition, says, giving or given in abundance, lavish or profuse, a cinnamon, <laughs> I knew I was going to do that, a synonym for profuse. Hold on to that. Today's gospel is from the great lost and found chapter of the Bible. It is a chapter that has one giant parable of three individual stories. The first story that was omitted today for the sake of time is from Luke chapter 15, verse 4, but you'll recall what it is. Luke records, what man of you, 
having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And then there is the story of the lost coin in Luke 15, verse 8. And it reads, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses just one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And then finally, we have the story in today's gospel that there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. These three stories are a matched set, and it's too bad that we have such a short time in the church service that we don't have time to study all three stories together. Maybe that's a relief to some of you. Jesus told this triple parable in response to the arrogance of the Pharisees and the scribes. You'll recall that the Pharisees and the scribes, they just don't seem to get the point. It is especially evident when they say, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. They are saying that Jesus is doing what he is not supposed to be doing. They keep saying this as though Jesus should be ashamed of it when rescuing sinners is the whole point of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus himself said in Luke 5, verses 31 and 32, that those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. And I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And this massive parable, it comforts the sinners who are with Jesus, who Jesus ate with. And it instructs the scribes and the Pharisees who criticized him. In, in each of the first two stories, something was lost, uh, the sheep or, or the coin. And in both cases, someone had to go looking for the lost item. And in both cases, the finder rejoiced over the recovery. And in both cases, Jesus spoke of the joy in heaven over just one sinner who repents. Now, the, the point of these two parables is that it is God's will to draw sinners into repentance and so bring them back into God's family. So how comforting it, it really must have been to the tax collectors and to the sinners who heard these gracious words. How comforting it must be to us. For we also sin daily, and we do deserve eternal punishment. Now these 
two stories set the, the theme, the tone, for the third story. They illustrate the worth of sinners in God's eyes and the joy of heaven over those who repent. The third story brings this teaching into a human family, a father and two sons. Scripture records when the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. He's basically saying this, Hey, Dad, I wish you were dead so that I could have your stuff. Pony up. The normal response would be for the father to rage, to explode, to lose it, and then throw the son out of the house and disown him. The father should declare that his son is dead to him. He is to be treated as a stranger. And even so, Jesus tells us that the father divided his property between them. And this is absolutely insane for the culture of the time. If this were real life, the culture would think about locking up the father for his own protection. Jesus then takes the younger son down into the pit of despair. The son who converted his inheritance into cash and then used it to run away. And then he, he burns through his money in a foolish and, and most wasteful way. And then finally, a drought hit, and he, has been, he finds himself desperately poor, hungry for the first time in his entire life. And Jesus takes this youth down into the depths of desperation by portraying him as caring for a herd, but not just any herd, a herd of ceremonially unclean animals, pigs. This good Jewish kid is taking care of pigs, and these pigs are reminders of the filth of his very soul. And this young rebel without a clue even hungered for the pods that the hogs grubbed up from the earth. Okay, that's just gross. And at the same time, the audience hearing this would think that the youth was only getting what he deserved for his disrespect. This son had shamed his father. He had shamed his family. He had even shamed the village where his family lived. And so a quick death was actually too good for him, this young man who did all this. They would think, let him starve to death among the pigs. That would be justice. It is in this deepest death of despair that this son works out one last plan. He will return to his father, but not as a son. Instead, he will simply ask to be hired as an ordinary worker. And perhaps, just maybe, his father 
would overlook the shame and, and the mortification that he had brought to his family. And maybe, just maybe, he'd allow him to be a, a lowly laborer. His shame, the son knows, would be enormous. But at least he'd be alive. As a matter of fact, farmers in the first century Israel, they lived together in villages with other farmers and not out on the land that they farmed. So when this son returns, he not only has to encounter, endure the rebuke of his father and his family, but he's fair game for the rebuke of the community. That the, this young man will most certainly be mocked by a crowd that will gather spontaneously at the word of his return. As that travels through the village, they're going to come out. And this mocking might even be physically dangerous for the boy. Here we see that the father absolutely throws his own dignity out the window. Jesus said that while he was still a long way off, the father saw him, and he felt compassion, and he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. Now, in and around here, we're used to seeing people out for a run, out jogging, right? Just for fun, maybe, or for health reasons. But in first century Israel, Men wore uh, robes, not jogging outfits. They didn't have T-shirts that said just do it. They didn't have their Nikes on. So if you want to run in a robe, you have to lift it up so it doesn't trip you. So think, picture in your mind, old guy with his robes hiked up just a bit. His skinny little legs are sticking out and they're flailing away. And his sandals are flipping and flopping all over the ground. And, and his hair is just fluttering all over. His beard is just flying all over the place. It's just embarrassing for a man of stature to look like that. And the people who saw the father would be thinking something like, Oh my goodness, look at that old goat. His robes are flapping in the breeze. His family really needs to find a way to keep him inside, away from public. And maybe his friends would look the other way and pretend that they, they didn't see him. And his servants, who are obligated to follow, they are following, and maybe they're wondering, why is this guy, why can't he act his age? And as the son approached the village, he prepared for the gauntlet of ridicule and hatred that he must endure as he makes his way through the village. And the villagers, they might even decide to shame him with spit and stones on his way to his father's house. And then what did he see? What did this boy see? He sees his father running the gauntlet of shame in reverse taking the shame and the embarrassment of the village onto himself. He further demeaned himself by embracing and kissing this rebellious son. And then the father said to his servants, 
Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and, his, and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost but now is found. Now, this is just more than just a father who was concerned about the well-being of his son. By instructing the servants to dress his son, he is reinstating the son as master over the servants. The father's every activity works to honor, to honor this wayward son. And now, instead of walking through the village in shame, the son walks in honor at the side of his father. And it's saying, let the party begin. And it does. So here we have an illustration of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our sin showed utter disrespect for God. We shamed and embarrassed him. We deserved eternal separation from him. And even so, he was willing to undergo a whole lot more shame than running with his robe and flapping in the breeze, his sandals, his beard, and everything else. He, he endured the spitting. He endured the beating. And he endured the flogging. And then he hung naked on a cross for all the world to see the shame of death on a cross. He endured the forsakenness of our sin. He did all this so that we could live in honor forever at his side. And his embarrassment and shame earned eternal life for us. That is what this story has taught us so far. Here is God willing to undergo any shame in any order to bring us back into his family. But the story's not over. What about the older son? Although the older son stayed home, he really didn't have any respect for the father. He should have gone immediately in to join his father as a host. Instead, he showed suspicion by asking an outsider what was happening. And even though his father humiliated himself by coming out to him, the older son refused to come to the party. The older son further shamed the father by arguing with him within earshot of the guests, the people in the village. The older son is now the one who has embarrassed his father. He is in the process of bringing shame on himself, bringing shame on his father, and bringing shame on his village. And although he was 
not the one to run off, he is not much different than the younger son. And once again, we see the father humiliate himself in order to restore the relationship, this time with his older son. And according to the culture, he should have gone nuclear. He should have raged. But instead, he begs him. He begs that son to join the party, to welcome back his younger brother. And a father should not ever have to beg his son. The son should be willing to serve the father, but instead, the father is ready to serve this insolent older son. And Jesus didn't say what the older brother did. You see, the fact that Jesus illustrated in this story, these facts, they're still going on today. The older brother in the time of this story was told he was representing the Pharisees and anyone who resents it when the Holy Spirit brings sinners into the family of God. And some of these Pharisees will reconsider and some of them will rejoice that Jesus receives sinners and he eats with them after having muttered, look at that. And then other Pharisees will turn away in rejection and they will plot to kill Jesus. And not only does that older brother represent the scribes and the Pharisees, but he also represents many people who live today. This story even causes us to ask hard questions about ourselves. How does our pride make us like the older brother. Are we willing to miss out on God's gifts because we don't get our own way? Do we actually think that our agenda is superior to God's agenda? Is the agenda of the culture around us more important than the agenda laid out in God's word? How will the story end for us? Well, we who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior from sin, we know how the story turns out for us. As God the Son serves us this very day with his divine service, he brings heaven to earth. In fact, he himself is the host and the feast as he gives us his body and his blood. We regularly join the heavenly host at the feast of the Lord's table, and we look forward to the day when we will never leave the eternal feast of the Lamb of God. Now, for those older brothers who repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we can literally end this story with the words, quote, and he went in with joy to celebrate with his father and brother 
And they lived, well, not happily ever after, but happily forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Prodigal love in my pride. 
nobody can love. Will you please stand if you're able? <clears throat> Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us in our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary. He was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please pray with me for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you to praise you and thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Thank you for being our loving Father. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Dear Jesus, you told us in your word that we can come to you when we feel burdened and heavy laden. Jesus, we need you. You are the answer. We can't do anything without you, Lord. Please fill us up with your Holy Spirit so that we would be more like you. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to forgive others like you forgive us. Help us to see all people the way that you see them despite our differences. Help us to be a people of integrity and a light in this dark world. We thank you, Holy Father, for this church family and for Pastor Ken. Please strengthen him and bless him and his family and all pastors that you have ordained to do your will. We thank you, Lord, for our sister Church Victory Outreach, and we pray that you would bless them. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which sustains us and gives us hope when we are weak and weary. Lord. Our nation and its leaders need your help and guidance. Please grant your wisdom to all of our elected leaders. Lord, we lift up those in the Ukraine. Please protect them and grant peace for that region. 
We thank you, Father, that you are in control of all things. Please keep us safe and in your loving care. We thank you, God, that we can worship you in freedom. You are our refuge and strength. Lord, we lift up those serving in the military and all first responders. We lift up those who are facing addictions, and we pray for families that are torn apart by sin. We lift up our unsaved loved ones and ask that you reveal yourself to them and stir up their faith. Lord, we pray that you would bless and strengthen all healthcare workers and help those who are facing disease in body or mind. Please grant relief for those who are in chronic pain. Please help those who are anxious and fearful. Please be with all caregivers and those who are dealing with memory loss and confusion. Lord, please bring healing and hope to those who suffer and are facing cancer. Please send your comfort to them and grant them your peace, which transcends all understanding. Help us, dear Lord, keep our eyes and ears fixed on you. We thank you, Lord, that by Jesus' wounds we are healed and made whole. Beautiful Savior, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace at a distance and, you know, responsibly. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, and with them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring to us the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, this is take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Prodigal. In that story, the father was the prodigal, as far as I'm concerned, in a very wonderful way that means and should mean great comfort and peace, that, that peace that surpasses all understanding. The father was prodigal with his love, with his grace, with his forgiveness, with his redemption plan. The father lavished it on the son in the story, and he lavishes it on you and me through this meal and through what was done for you and me on that cross, the Father ran the reverse gauntlet of shame for you and for me, and thanks be to God for that. This meal is for all who claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I've heard you do it with your lips. This is for the children of God. Come, the table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
benefits of the prodigal father. We're all prodigals. We, we deserved what we should get, but we get what we don't deserve, and thanks be to Christ for that. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.